You guys know how much I love nursing schools. Well, we have another one that wants us to tell you about their MSN and DNP family nurse practitioner programs. Samuel Merritt University has been educating nurses for over 100 years. And right now, they are offering tons of scholarship opportunities starting at $10,000 for both of these programs. You know, I'm in the midst of getting my MSN. And let me tell you, I wish I would have known about these scholarships when I first enrolled. Visit them at smumsn.com and show them how much you appreciate them for sponsoring our podcast. That's smumsn.com. I also wanted to remind you that if you're interested in travel nursing, to go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile so you can see what kind of jobs are out there and you can also see what they pay the stipend the hourly rate all of that i'm a travel nurse now with trusted health and i absolutely love working for them so go to trustedhealth.com be sure and put forward slash good nurse so that they'll know that we sent you there and fill out a profile today Hey everybody, this is Tina again with Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. Welcome back for another week of true crime and you know just storytelling, healthcare, nursing, all kinds of stuff sort of mixed in together for this little podcast. Really appreciate you guys being here to listen to this. I have one of my favorite guests of all time. He's one of my favorite people of all time because he literally just jumps in and helps a friend, uh, just helps out a friend in need. And I just appreciate it so much. Tom with Just Some Podcast for Advanced Practitioners is here. Hello, Tom. Hello, Miss Tina. So good to have you back. And I'm really excited about this episode because we have a sort of a surprise for the end of the episode. It's a surprise for Ben. It won't, you know, we'll we'll go ahead and say we're gonna make Ben, who is normally Tom's co-host for their podcast, he's gonna be the good nurse story because I just found out some amazing things about him. He definitely deserves to be in that spot. And I can't wait to highlight all of the things that he has done. And he'll give him a hard time as usual. He likes to, you know, that's, we, we got to do that. Right, Tom? Uh, obviously. And of course, Ben couldn't make it today. He decided he wanted to reintroduce yaks into the Australian outback as indigenous animals. And even though I've tried to tell him they're not from Australia, he's determined to make that happen. So he's currently in the outback right now. Can't be here for today's episode, so he's going to get a nice surprise when he listens to this. <laughs> yes, like long hair jacks. I'm like, Ben, that's not a thing. He's like my own personal Peter Griffin. So I just <laughs> deal with him as much as possible and just lead him along the way. But he just he's insists. a great guy. Yes, he just insisted. He's just on always giving training. back. <laughs> Yes, always, always in every way. So, yeah, I can't wait to talk about him more at the end of the show. But you know what else we should talk about today, Miss Tina? What? Nurses PodCon. That's what else we should talk about. Oh, we should definitely. We've got to talk about that before we get in. I mean, we have a very interesting bad nurse story to talk about, and it's going to be certainly a cautionary tale for gun owners. And I am not I'm not anti-gun or anything like that. It's not a, it's not anything political. It's going to be a cautionary tale for sure. You, you, you should you should stick around. It's a disturbing story. It is sad, but there's a lot to glean and learn from it. But before we get into that, I do want to talk about the Nurses PodCon because it is coming up in a couple of weeks and it's going to be so much fun. I am excited about this, not only because I get to meet in person a lot of the podcasters that I've been uh, talking to and have connected with over the past couple of years in Nashville, Tennessee, one of my favorite cities. And we're going to have so much fun 
there, but also we're going to have opportunities for some education as well. We're going to have the live podcast. That's going to be fun, but we'll have some educational opportunities that are going to be for CEU credits. We have gotten the approval for that. And so it's it's just a it's like a full day of just fun connecting with people and learning about not just like kind of boring old stuff, but I, f- I feel like kind of interesting things like Ivy tips and tricks, legal nurse consulting, a legal nurse consultant is going to be there teaching about documenting to protect your license, which I feel like is so important as a travel nurse to understand, you know, if you don't document anything else, this is what you need to be worried about. It's so important. And then leadership in nursing. Jer is such a leader. She's always been a leader through nursing school. She's going to talk about how to become a leader in nursing. And all this stuff is for CEUs. We've got a lot more than that too. Michael Simple Nursing's got nursing hacks and it's going to be a great day. And you guys, if you are interested in doing this with us, you can do it virtually. You can get a ticket and just be there virtually, or you can be in person, which I would, I'd love to be able to see you guys in person. Go on to goodnursebadnurse.com. And you can get a ticket if you're a student of any any sort, whatever. Stu- if you're a student, if you're learning whatsoever, you're studying for your CCRN, you're studying for to get your get accredited, or you're in nursing school to get your BSN, and you're an RN, or you're in whatever it is. If you're in school, you can get twenty five percent off. There is a ticket, a special ticket for you. You go in there and get the, the nurses, the student nurse ticket, and if you use promo code. So I'm, I'm going to, I feel like I should, because Tom has been so nice to me, I should give his promo code instead of mine. But we, <laughs> we, we're kind of competing to try to see who can get the most people to sign up. And so I have a promo code that's good nurse and you'll get 25% off just some podcasts. What, what was your promo code? I can't remember. I honestly, I thought it was JSP. Is it just some podcast? It's just some. Podcast. See, this is yeah. This is why it's better to have Ben around for the technical issues. <laughs> I'm just the talker. Stuff. Yeah, he's the one that's like, D- you don't remember that? I'm like, no, I don't remember. As a matter of fact, when we talk about where they can find us here in a few minutes, yeah, you're gonna get the disaster oh, that dear. is Tom doing social media. Yeah, exactly. Oh dear, is correct. But I will say, regardless of whose code you use, and you probably should use Miss Tina's. She's probably gonna win anyway, so just do it. Ben and I are super excited to come down to Nashville to meet everybody in person. Like you said, these are people, these are colleagues that we've either, you know, exchanged messages with or talked to or listened to their shows. And now we're all gonna be in one spot. We're very excited to make this happen and be part of it. And hopefully many, many times in the future. And we're really looking forward to it. Yes, same here. And it's being sponsored by several different companies are helping to make this possible for the nurses to be able to all get to Nashville and pull this all off. So Stoggles, the really cool safety goggles that look more, that look stylish. So they're called Stoggles. They're helping to support us. Trusted Health, the travel nurse agency that I use when I'm doing travel nursing, they are helping to support this. Samuel Merritt University with their family nurse practitioner online program. They're supporting us as well. And Echo, last, I definitely don't want to leave them out. Echo Health, the device that you can add to your stethoscope to enhance the sounds that you hear. Also, they have the Cardiology 4 that has the built-in device on it. And that is a super amazing stethoscope. And they actually donated stethoscopes to all of the podcasters, all the yeah. podcasters have one of these stethoscopes. So we're all going to be like listening to each other during, I feel like <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah. And 
I've used one and they are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Just like the Stoggles, just like all the the products that we've talked about so far, I've gotten to be around them or use some of them, but in particular the Echo recently. And it is definitely game changing as far as what you can hear, how you can hear it. And I also do teaching with students. I can record some of the sounds I'm hearing and play them back so that the student can act. So, you know, cause when you're teaching somebody, are they actually hearing what you're hearing? Well, now that's out of the, that's out of the bag. Like I don't have to worry. I know exactly what they're going to hear. So for, for all the products, and clearly, like I said, ironically stoggles came up in a different conversation with my wife the other day, cause <laughs> she's in healthcare. So it's really great sponsors. Couldn't say enough about how happy I am with all the products I've been around for them. And I hope everybody gives them a look. Yeah, for sure. And also CBD Stat, uh, the CBD company that has the purest form of CBD. They're a wonderful company. They give back to healthcare workers so much. They are also helping to sponsor this. So we appreciate them so much for helping us to pull this off. And if you guys want to be a part of that, just definitely go to goodnursebanners.com and click on the link to go and get your tickets. And don't forget to use promo code just some podcast or good nurse, whichever one you guys prefer. Okay, it's, it's, it's not gonna hurt my feelings. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you use the student discount, it's going to be 25% off of whatever the normal is, but then you can get another additional 25% off by using the promo code. So pretty good deal. So I guess we can get started with this. Oh, story. yeah. Like I said earlier, it is definitely a cautionary tale. As a lot of these stories are, it can be, you know, they can be dis- disturbing and, and upsetting. But I definitely believe that there is a lot to learn from talking about this stuff for people. So this is the story of 49-year-old John Eric Landis. He had been a nurse for 15 years. And this happened in 2015. So he walked over to confront his neighbor, Dean Kuntz was his neighbor's name. And apparently his neighbor had 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 been upset because there was a lot of speeding going on in the neighborhood. And he apparently earlier had gone over to confront John Landis, the nurse, about this, but he wasn't home. So he his wife was there and he said something to the wife. And now that Landis was home, he was going to go across the street and, and confront him like, hey, did you when I wasn't there, did you come over to, to talk to me? And just to kind of give you a little background about who Dean Kuntz was, he was 57 years old, the husband of Sue Kuntz. Uh, They had been married for 29 years. He was also a father of three children, and um, he was a, a brother. He, I'm sure, a friend to many. He worked in construction, obviously loved by a lot of people. And so the events that took place on this day were extremely tragic and senseless. But what happened here, according to John Landis, is that when he went to confront Dean Kuntz, Kuntz became enraged. Okay. I have to say, Landis went to his neighbor's house with a gun. Now, yeah, I don't think he was carrying the gun in his hand. I think he was as Willie Nelson would say, wearing it outside of his belt for all the honest world to, world to see, you know, he had it visible. Okay. You were yeah. a police officer. So I Correct. feel like you kind of can, you, you're going to have some specific insight to this that maybe the rest of us are not going to understand. So 
there's there's a lot of things and there's a lot of things you've already said that I was already like, I wish I could highlight like verbally, like, you know, like one senseless. Some of the things that we've talked about in previous episodes, well, they're all avoidable, but there was a situation that that arose that made things possible from the very beginning. Just like what you said, he showed up to another person's house with a gun. I don't think that John Landis woke up that morning with the intention of killing anybody. And I've said it many times on our podcasts. If you put enough gasoline to it next to enough matches, eventually something bad is going to happen. It's also important, I think, in any story to realize everyone's telling their side. And so there, there's going to be some back and forth. And if you look this up, there's different angles. Well, hell, Miss Tina and I had to go back and forth and kind of, you know, pat down what we want to talk about. But there, there's no issue. We all know they were speeding. There was some concern. Mr. Kuntz wanted to address it and spoke to the person's wife. And like you said, the next day. So there's even time is an issue here because there should have been some cooler heads prevailing. This wasn't like an argument within a 15 minute span. This was over a 24 hour period. And so, yeah, when, when a person shows up with a gun, probably displayed and we say probably because we don't know exactly but as we're going to address mr Kuntz identifies that he has a gun so yeah whenever someone shows up to a a a scene with a gun to have a conversation you're on a different footing there's no way that he's going to be able to say well i needed it for self-defense because he brought it to the situation like if he was defending himself in his house i don't think we'd be talking about this but that's not what happened you know Mr. Landis showed up with it and for whatever reason. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Um, and again, from a background in police work, it's just one of those, I am pro gun as well, but I think responsible gun ownership is important. And this is one of those situations where I, I can't imagine if one of my neighbors was mad about someone speeding in the neighborhood, even if they assumed it was me, that I would feel the need to bring a handgun to talk to them about speeding down the street. And again, Mr. Kuntz's point to everybody that was involved was, hey, there's lots of kids here. It wasn't like he was like, I don't want you doing that on my property. I don't like the noise. It was, hey, there's multiple kids. I've lived in this neighborhood for 35 years. Can people be safe? And Landis has a history of speeding. Like he's got multiple citations on his record. So, you know, there's a lot going on. And it just it seemed like that's a bad way to start a story. (laughs) You know, when when you're talking about something like this, where the other person shows up like, well, I came over to talk to him and I brought my gun. And I had it outside my waistband. Mm-hmm. That's not, you're, and not only that, but imagine that from just any other point of view, you know, like I want to talk to you about if you have cable, but I showed up with gun on my hip, like that right. changes the whole narrative. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot going on just to start the story. Well, and for him to say, and this, this is John Landis's version of events after all this took place and he is trying to fight for his freedom. You know, he's essentially fighting for his life here. So he's going to try to spin this narrative in in a way that sounds the best for himself. He said that Koontz was four or five inches taller than him, 40 pounds heavier, and that when he started away, so in other words, when John Landis started to walk away, Koontz followed him several steps and put his hand on Landis's shoulder. So there were three eyewitnesses and none of them saw Kuntz lay a hand on him before John Landis pulled out a gun and shot him. So you have John Landis's version of what happened 
the man who's fighting for his life, who's trying to, you know, justify what he did and explain what he did and why what he did was in self-defense because he said that he was afraid that when Dean Koontz, quote, spun him around, that he was, he was afraid he was going to take his gun away from him. And he said he shot him as an act of self-defense. So the thing that bothers me about this story is I feel like there probably are a lot of very good people who believe in their right to carry a gun, who, who believe in their right to literally walk around wherever they want to. I live in Tennessee. It's, you can literally go just almost anywhere in Tennessee with a gun, an open, exposed gun. And I, I do feel like there are a lot of really good people who could get themselves into this situation without really even stopping to think, what is going to happen if it turns into a fist fight? Are you Because you are essentially bringing a gun to a fist fight when you do this, because you know the other person isn't armed, right? So you're going up to them with a gun. If they decide to fight you, then you have to be willing to take a punch. You can't pull a gun out and shoot them just because they want to fist fight you and you're afraid they're going to take your gun away from you. I mean, do you agree with that or? Well, no, I, I do agree with that. However, the, some of the factors that you already said and that they're not in dispute is Landis's own testimony wasn't that Kuntz attacked him. It wasn't, he, he can't even say that Kuntz reached for his gun, attempted to take his gun, attempted to disarm him, threatened him with physical violence. None of that. His own testimony says, I thought he might go for my gun. He killed a person based on fear of something that wasn't happening. You know, so if Coots had even said, if you don't leave, I'm going to take your gun and shoot you, that changes the narrative. But that's not even what happened. And Landis himself can't even say it happened because apparently he, he was also on the phone, possibly with the police while this was going on. So the police know what's going on because Landis is talking to him. They can hear it. And multiple eyewitnesses and Landis himself can't even describe it as a situation where he was put in a life or death situation at that time because he wasn't. And to me, you, you have the right in the United States of America to own a weapon. As long as you know, you meet certain requirements, like you're not, you know, you don't have a felony and stuff like that, but otherwise this, the second amendment protects your right to, to have a gun. And, and I'm okay with that. What I don't think is okay is like you said, first of all, if he didn't want to talk to, or he was upset about this whole speeding situation, don't go talk to him. You know, when I would train new police officers, I would be like, you know, the best way to win a fight is don't be in the fight. You know, if you could talk your way out of this or avoid the situation, don't put yourself in a bad situation where you have no options. Because if you do, that's when stuff happens. And I, and I think Mr. Lanus even going to this house with a gun represents that perfectly. Like if he just said, okay, well, you talk to my wife, I'm just going to stay home and eat a cheeseburger and not worry about it. Guess what? We don't have a story because this didn't happen. So he has the right to defend himself to the extent where he feels like his life or someone else's life is in, in jeopardy. But even by his own words, that's not what happened. And so th that brings out a lot of the nuance of safety and self-defense. And I'm a big, I'm a big person on self-defense. I'm a big person on workplace violence, especially for nurses. You know, it's just, it's this overall situation of what are we allowing to be acceptable 
And I don't think anyone accepts this. I don't think the any you know right-minded gun owner thinks that this is an okay situation. But we have to get to the point where are are we going to start saying, hey, if you're going to go confront your neighbor about speeding, does that really necessitate the need for a handgun? And and honestly, I don't know that most people would say yes. And so this this whole story starts off on a bad premise of he introduced an element that didn't need to be there. Yeah. And then by his own words, he didn't feel threatened. You know, and like you said, this this goes back to the fist fight. You know, if this would have been even 1980, mm-hmm. even early 1990s, you didn't see stuff like this because it just didn't happen. Two guys got into a fist fight. The cops come and break it up. Nobody wants to press charges. Everyone moves on with their day. That's just like that was a normal thing. And then suddenly somewhere along the way, we decided we we care more about someone having a right, which you should it should be protected. But they, you know, a person's life is gone because he was concerned about speeding and children. Like it was, it, think how ridiculous this whole yeah I, idea is. So yeah, I I really think that there's a lot for us to talk about, not just here today, but overall, and be like, yeah. hey, what what are acceptable standards? Yeah, because and what, what your intentions are. Yeah, when you approach someone with a gun like that, that you have it sort of visible, that sort of it's speaking for itself, you know. And yes, well, like you said, you know, like the, you know, and again, I've had an exposed gun on my hip for you know a long time, for you know nine years, and it does change the narrative. Whether you want it to or not is immaterial. Because I can't control how you're going to react. Mm-hmm. And so when you show up somewhere with a gun. Then you're introducing that into it. You're introducing the possibility that if that person gets mad and does. Yeah. get it, So uh, there are some neighbors that told a reporter <laughs> off camera that they heard yeah. Koontz threaten Landis's wife and family. So there's that little, you know, bit of little detail. But does that still justify him? And I, I, it just it does seem as though, and there are a couple of different versions of what happened. Dean Koontz's adult son kind of told the story just a little different from what John Landis told. And he was saying that, you know, at one point they, Landis came over to their house because he said that there's a dozen kids that live on the street and speeding is something that they, quote, they don't tolerate. So Landis came over to their house the next day because they had approached, apparently, the house, as we said. And when he came to the door, he said, you know, is the guy who owns the truck home? And he said, my sister said, yeah, and got my father. And he said, then Dean Koontz went to the door. They got in an argument. And he said, once his dad saw the man had a gun, he ordered him off the property. And he said, if, if you have a gun, get off my property or you better be prepared to use it. He said the guy took a couple of steps back in the street and then pulled the gun out. You know, and that's, of course, the way it's going to happen. And, you know, there could have been 20 people there that really didn't have a dog in the hunt, you know, that are, that are truly just observers that could have still given different versions of what really happened. But those details matter because if the guy threatened his wife, you know, if he was being threatening and aggressive, it is a little different. But then if John Landis was backing off of this property 
trying to leave and Dean Koontz is following him in an aggressive manner. I could sort of see. Yeah. So, you know, one of the, cause I don't want this to sound like, cause I, I think this is a good conversation. I don't want this to sound like a Landis bashing or that I think Koontz is an angel. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't know either one of them. I think it's important to note that, you know, Landis had been a nurse and I believe I read somewhere a medic in the army. Yeah. You know, he had a long career of doing really good work. He didn't have complaints against him. So we're not talking about a dumb or hothead guy. Okay. So that's one thing to, to keep in mind is that the person that's the aggressor here, apparently in most cases in his life has never been the aggressor. So, you know, was Kuntz being aggressive and made him feel like a gun was necessary? Cause that, that does change the narrative a little bit. It doesn't excuse it. You know, if you're that scared, then don't go over. You know, call the cops. That's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. Let them, fi- you know, finish the public dispute on a public roadway. That's like literally their job. And that's probably what should have happened. And I will say, and I think we all know this from speaking to family members or patients, if, you, if you're going to bring a gun, be prepared to use it. Not really de-escalating language. You know, I mean, he's he had, and again, we, we talked about gun rights. So let's talk about owner's rights. You know, it's his property. Mm-hmm. And Landis is on it. He has every right in the world to tell him to leave it immediately or face, you know, arrest, you know, citation, whatever they do in Oregon. But the point is, is he has all those rights, but then he tipped it. You know, he he said, or be prepared to use that gun. And I'm like, you know, if, if, if somebody was making you mad at work, you know, a patient's family member, you said something that wasn't a threat, but we all know what you meant. Like it's going to escalate the situation. And that's kind of what Kuntz on purpose or inadvertently did is he, he took this from like, it's already there's high tension and made it that next level. So it's, it becomes a very murky situation. Of course, you always seem to find those. That's what we always end up talking about on the show is like, well, it seemed like a really good thing, but then, and so in this case, I think that's one of the things that also stuck at stuck out to me was Coons could have just let him go. He could have said, get off my property and just stood there and made sure he left. He could have, but, but is that what happened? He, but but then he ends up saying, or be prepared to use it. So again, though, I I, I do want to err on the side of Kuntz in this, though, because reading Landis's own testimony, even then he didn't say, well, then I thought he was coming after me. I mean, that, that could have added to it. You have to take the totality of circumstances and anything. But yeah, I mean, it just it's such a heartbreaking thing. What I don't understand. And I'm sure we're getting to it is the settlement and then the court actions that happened. I'm still lost on how this went about. We'll take a moment to hear a word from our sponsor. You guys, a career in nursing is more than just a job. It's a lifelong journey of learning and growing. And professional development is key for any nurse hoping to advance their career. So how about you? Are you ready to take your career to the next level? If so, now is the time for you to get your certification in nursing. Earning your certification is a major professional milestone. It's a seal of approval recognized by professional peers, hiring managers, and patients. It signifies your commitment to excellence, your level of competence, and can make you more marketable 
available in a competitive field, offering 18 different certifications, including 12 specialty certifications. Whether you're looking to earn your first certification, ready to renew, or exploring new certifications, they are there to make the entire process as easy, affordable, flexible, and painless as possible. Whatever your practice level or desired specialty, they can help you prepare your exam with a range of affordable tools and resources designed to set you up for success. And their commitment to you goes well beyond the exam. They provide all the ongoing support, advocacy, guidance, and resources that you need throughout your nursing career. This is your career and you deserve the best. At ANCC, they're going to be there to help you every step of the way. So visit pages.nursingworld.org forward slash GNBN to learn more. That's pages.nursingworld.org forward slash GNBN. And we'll put that link on our website. If you want to just go to Good Nurse, Bad Nurse, you can click on it from there. Welcome, Leah. I just wanted to chat with you a little bit about your experience with CBD stat. Which product do you actually use? So there's four products, the roll-on, the cream, the salve, and the oil. The two that I use every day are the cream and the oil. What is your biggest benefit? How does it help you? The cream I put on every day after work. I'll shower and then I'll put it on my feet just to help my arches. No more shin splints, just my feet feel more comfortable. And the cream has been a lifesaver there. And then I use the oil to help me sleep. So I just switched jobs. I had been working nights for the last eight years. So the oil was huge on helping me come home and actually get quality of sleep throughout the day. And I wake up feeling well-rested and not groggy like some other medications have made me feel in the past. I didn't realize that about the feet and I have plantar fasciitis. So now I literally cannot wait to get off here and go try that. And then just the sleep benefit, that one is definitely well known. I hear that a lot in the feedback that I've gotten. As you guys know, their products are 100% THC free. CBD Stat has a team of engineers that invented a very unique and efficient process to produce CBD isolate, which is the purest form of CBD. They only offer very strong products, greater than a thousand milligrams. If you guys are interested in CBD stat in their product, you can go to cbdstat.care forward slash good nurse, bad nurse. Be sure and put the forward slash good nurse, bad nurse in there so they know that we sent you there. cbdstat.care. Be sure and put .care instead of .com forward slash good nurse, bad nurse. This is a really rare thing that happened in this particular case. And the way that they explained it in this one article, just to sort of set, set up what we're talking about here for you guys, he Landis faced at least 25 years in prison if convicted for murder. But he ended up getting a lot less than that because the family for Dean Koontz apparently was, okay. I don't know that they advocated for this, but they were okay with him taking a lesser deal and him being convicted or him pleading guilty for first degree manslaughter because for some reason, the insurance company for John Landis mm-hmm. paid out. Was going to pay out. Yeah, they wanted to see to, what the, the, the court said. Yeah. Depending on how this worked out and what Landis was accused of, the insurance company was going to pay damages or potentially could pay damages. So since they did, they they did. If they had charged him with murder, they would have said that the insurance company would have said, "No, that is not something that we cover, because that would be an intentional act. But because manslaughter is defined as a reckless act, it's something that they would cover under their homeowner's insurance. Even though he wasn't on his own property, he was acting as a homeowner, I guess, 
protecting, supposedly protecting his property? I, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know if that's an Oregon state law or clause in their insurances that makes them cover that. But yeah, it's a very odd set of circumstances to even be introduced. And that is correct. And most states worded a little different, but it's it's roughly the same thing. So murder, depending on your degree, is an act of intention. Like I did something knowing it was going to cause the severe injury or death of another person versus manslaughter, which is exactly also what you just said, reckless. So a lot of times you'll see DUIs that end up in death sometimes charges manslaughter because they knew something bad could happen. They didn't intentionally try and kill somebody, but they knew driving drunk could end up with that. So that's why sometimes that will happen versus a murder charge. And that's when some people go, well, why is this manslaughter versus murder? That's it is if you were going to murder someone, you knew it. Manslaughter is, well, I put myself in a bad situation. And I think in this case, the family was trying to say, we're already suffering. And again, I'm not trying to justify it. I'm just trying to gleam from what I, what we've read on the show or on this episode is the family is like, look, we've already lost our father. You know, nothing's going to bring him back, but the settlement could help the family like relocate, move on, try and do something else with our life versus so he gets an extra 12 years in jail. And nothing changes. Yeah, because Dean Kuntz was the primary breadwinner for their family. And it, and his wife, who was, you know, she's in her 50s as well. She, what would she, what would she do? Her husband has been killed and he was the primary breadwinner. So the, the way the family looked at it is if we got a settlement from the insurance company, she would then be able to at least have a way of, you know, living out the rest of her life. And have a, a way to provide for herself and not qu be a, quote, be a burden on the family. And, and that's that was how she she was worried, you know, about that. And so the way that the prosecutor looked at it is that they, they said they did have a good They felt like they had a good case for murder. But the family was in the process of negotiating this payout with the insurance company. And so they just sort of worked it out. And the prosecutor said, we do not under any circumstances want to give the perception that justice is for sale or someone who is, who has a large amount of money or access to a large amount of money can get a different sentence than someone who doesn't. So that was kind of the statement from the district attorney. Yeah. And, Cause they're going to have to justify this. I mean, yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. Because they did take it into consideration, but they said that also in addition to thinking I guess they were just putting all the information out there when, when deciding what to do, because also the family said, look, this kind of al allows us to not have to go through the whole ordeal of a trial and having family testify. We can just end it right here. He, he, he actually, they sentenced him to 12 years in prison with no possibility of parole before that. So he and no possibility for getting time off for good behavior. He has to serve out the full 12 years. So it wasn't just about the settlement. It wasn't just like, well, we would prosecute him for murder, but the family could get this money. It wasn't just that, but that was maybe one of the the factors that was on the table when they were kind of weighing it all out. And, and honestly, I would assume it's a huge factor because honestly, and again, this is, hard to understand unless you've been in the justice system, but ultimately that prosecutor is responsible to the public. And if the family of the victim is saying, we don't want this, it's hard for that prosecutor 
to not go along with their wishes and nor would we not want them to. And trial trauma is a real thing. In this case, I can't imagine having to relive that day and that incident over and over and be cross-examined. And you got to remember the defense attorneys are going to get involved too. So they're going to try and make you look like a bad guy and make you relive the worst day of your life and make you sound like a liar while they're doing it. That's not beneficial to a lot of victims and not just this case. I mean, trial trauma happens with most cases that are in depth, like child, you know, sex acts, all that type of stuff. You, if you can avoid making that person relive that moment, they're going to try. I don't feel in any way, or I don't want anybody to look at this and go, well, the prosecutors sold out. The prosecutors did not make any money off this. It is purely for the benefit of the family who probably requested it. And so I feel terrible actually for the prosecuting's office because they are in a catch 22. Yeah. If they go for the murder, they hurt the family that's asking them not to, but if they don't, now they're giving the perception that justice can be altered for money, which in neither case is probably true for them, but that's still where they were stuck. I also think it's terrible insurance companies, which I already, I got enough problems with insurance companies in general, but how terrible is it that they're like, oh, we acknowledge that something bad happened and that you should be compensated for it. But if we can get away with not paying you, we're going to like, how terrible are insurance companies really? Yeah. Like, it just chaps me every time I hear the word insurance company. I know something bad's going to follow it. Yeah. I really do. Well, so. and there was a workaround in this particular case. And the prosecutor was saying, you know, he it wasn't premeditated murder because he did frequently carry a gun with him whenever, you know, just it wasn't like he never carries a gun. And then all, all of a sudden, for this one time, he decided to carry, he he did carry the gun frequently. So it's not, you know, they felt like it wasn't premeditated. They, he, he was and carrying honest- it legally. It was not, it was, he legally was allowed to carry the gun. I would, one thing, detail that I uh, failed to mention earlier that I do feel like is significant. Dean Koontz died after he was shot, not once, but twice. And he was shot in the chest once and in the back. So I felt like that was a pretty significant detail. And I know that all this stuff can happen very quickly. And so just in the heat of the moment, and if Landis is is afraid, uh, you know, he's scared, he's act, reacting quickly, but he shot him. And then somehow Dean Koontz turned either, as you were telling me earlier, you felt like probably happened. He either shot him in the chest and then Dean Koontz turned around to run away, to get away or or he fell, you know, in that direction and he shot him on the back. But somehow he shot him from the yeah. front and the back. Yeah. And that's never a good sign. <laughs> Every intention shows that Koontz was trying to get away. So there's only there's only two possibilities. And I didn't see a coroner's report. So I can't, you know, they usually can determine, the, you know, the first, you know, shot entrance and exit, second shot entrance and exit. Not always, but usually. So there's only two scenarios and they're both bad for Landis. Is either A, he shoots Koontz in the chest, who then turns and is trying to run away and shoots him again. So I would I would want to understand how Landis was going to signify that he was a threat when he was turned around running away. Or Koontz was already walking away. He gets shot in the back and he turns around to see what's going on and they get shot again in the chest. Either way, Landis shot a person in the back yeah. who was no longer a threat. I mean, imagine you read a story where a police officer shot a suspect in the back. There is not a person in America who wouldn't go, I want to know more yeah. about what's going on. 
so it's no different in this case because a person's life was ended and that's what we should be focusing on. I'm again, I am very pro, especially self-defense, you know, all, but it's hard for me to in any way justify. And again, you know, I've worked a lot of shootings. I've been involved in shootings. Sometimes things happen. Right. And, but there's usually a narrative you can use to explain it. Like, well, this is what was going on. This is how it happened. So I'm not going to say anytime you hear the word shot in the back, it's bad. That's actually not true. But in this case, there was only two shots fired. There's multiple eyewitnesses. There was no contact. They were not in physical engagement. Only one person had a gun. You put all those factors together and suddenly someone getting shot in the back is exactly what it looks like. Yeah. You know, that person was not a threat. He was trying to get away from him and got shot. Right. So that's what kind of makes me angry. Not just the insurance company. That, that's also one of the significant factors that makes you go. You ended a person's life for nothing. And that's what that's what ultimately this comes down to. So it just it's a terrible story as far as the the ending, like the tragedy. Yeah. And as I said at the beginning of this, it's so senseless because what you know, this all started because he decided to go to his neighbor's house with a gun visible and confront, you know, to so this, this this is not the first time that I've heard of something like this happen. I I just happened no. to come across a story that involved a nurse, but there are other stories like this where someone who just normally carried a gun or believed in the right to carry a gun to protect themselves happened to be in a situation where the other person is a good person. They're not trying to do anything to them, but they get into an argument and it escalates and they have a gun that they are then afraid that the other person will take away from them. And I'm thinking of Trayvon Martin here, you know, because yeah. that's exactly what God, happened there. What terrible. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what happened in that case that the, and I can't even think of his name now. His name was like a household words a yeah, few years ago. Was, but Honestly, he, I'm, I'm glad I don't remember. I know, name. I know. I don't even Sorry. want to, but, um, <laughs> you know, he carried that gun and was supposedly, you know, doing neighborhood watch type of thing or, you know, kind of um, his own version of justice where he's kind of going around and, and patrolling as a citizen with a gun and then decides to do his own really, you know, stereotyping and and sees someone that he decides looks like a threat and then approaches him and then they get in an altercation and then he becomes afraid for his life. You put yourself in that situation. Especially with the, like the Trayvon Martin, and I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole, but not only did he make himself into the situation for something he didn't know about, like that kid was walking through a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So what? He's allowed to walk through a neighborhood, yeah. even if he didn't live there, which he did. You know, I mean, you can walk through neighborhoods, but he was in contact with the police department himself. And the police department multiple times said, do not engage this person. Stop following him. You do not need to be involved anymore. Police are on the way. They can stop him and, and make contact, identify him, do whatever. So that the person, the shooter in that had even less, at, at least in the Landis Koontz issue, we can say, well, maybe he felt threatened and that's why he took it over. Or he always carried a gun. Like there's a lot of variables mm -hmm. that I don't agree with, but could explain the start of this. how it happened or how it escalated to that point, because and maybe you could look at it like he was defending his property because Dean Kuntz did come to Landis's property first. So he did approach him. So he may have felt like, well, it, I have to find a thin. way to, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, I have to go deal with this. He came to my property. I've got to go handle yeah. this. And, and again, you know, I live in a neighborhood. I've talked to my neighbors about stuff, but I, I guess I've never felt so afraid of anything that I need 
to have a hand. I mean, I own weapons, but I certainly don't feel the need to walk around my cul-de-sac yeah. <laughs> with one on. And so that's a, that's, that is another thing, especially from a police officer situation and dealing with people with some of the stuff is the amount of fear. Like when people are like, oh, you don't carry your gun everywhere. I'm like, no, I'm not afraid to go to Walmart. I don't understand this overwhelming sense of fear that some of these people that carry guns every day do. And I've lived in some bad neighborhoods. <laughs> we were talking about that before the show. You know, I, I've lived in some pretty terrible places and I have never felt the need 24 hours a day. Like I don't need to go pee in the middle of the night and take my handgun from the nightstand with me. Like I just, so th- there is a lot culturally, there's a multiple levels on this, but as you said before, this isn't the only situation you know there was that one a couple years ago where the family got in an argument with somebody over a mattress in an alleyway that's on cell phone by the way so you could see the whole thing unfold and these people just were mad that this person wasn't listening to him so shot him they got into an argument they decided that was enough to shoot another human being and i'm like it's not i don't believe in any way that's what self-defense should cover so there's a lot of levels to this but yeah at the end of the day a really by all accounts good nurse made a really bad decision and became the bad nurse in this situation. Like just, and it's, it's sad because that whole family is torn apart now. Two families, two families are destroyed because of this decision. Sometimes I do have that part of me that forgets about, you know, the innocent victims on the other side. And you're right. The Landis family, I feel terrible for them as well, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I mean, there's, this is one of those things that I think this is a good story to get out though, Mm because it starts a good conversation yeah. because there isn't a clear winner. This is this is not a yeah. this is a a really good conversation story because there isn't a slam dunk. You know, <laughs> like well, he was in the mac in the act of robbing his house, so he shot him. Like well, okay, I don't think any person in America has a problem with that. But I think we, you know, unless you live in the middle of the country, you have neighbors. You know, like oh, why did Steve park in the street? I had to drive around him. You know, like whatever. But the point is, is We've all had some interactions to start trying to think about why would I bring a gun over Mm -hmm. to talk to them about like that is a realistic, you know, thing to consider. Or if you're a homeowner, you know, people wonder why cops are involved in everything. Well, this is part of it because now people are afraid to go talk to their neighbor because what if I go to his house and he shoots me? I mean, that's pretty sad. Like that's where we've come to. I don't I don't think George Washington or any of those guys had this in mind when when the Constitution was uh, coming around. But it's here. I think it's important that we protect our rights. But I think there is something to be said for a conversation for people to have, even if it's in their own head to go and say, well, what would I do in that situation? There's there's no. Yeah, there's no clear cut on this. So I, I think it's a good story, but it's a tragic story. I feel bad for everybody involved. Oh, I do too. Except for the insurance company. I hope they go bankrupt. I don't like them. But everybody else, I feel bad for. So I have to tell you guys about an experience I had with a nursing student. So you know I've been doing travel nursing. Well, this hospital where I'm at has a lot of LPN students doing their clinicals there. So one of them was following me around one day, and she noticed my stethoscope. And of course, y'all know the Echo Technology Company that sponsors our podcast. They teamed up with Littman to make the stethoscopes, to beat all stethoscopes, the 3M Littman Core Digital Stethoscope. And this is the one that I use now. So she said, oh my gosh, I've been wanting to try one of those. So of course, I let her use it. And she just could not stop talking about it for the rest of the shift. It was so cute. She was like, you know, I can't hear anything with my normal stethoscope because I have tinnitus. 
until she was so excited because she could actually hear what heart sounds were supposed to sound like. She said, I'm going to ask for one of these for graduation. And I was like, yeah, you definitely should. So just so you know, the echo technology that makes the stethoscope so amazing. Uh, you can enable it with a flip of a switch. You can turn it on and off. It has active noise cancellation up to 40 times amplification, wireless auscultation using Bluetooth technology. It connects with Echo's free app and software so that you can visualize, record, share, live stream, analyze heart sounds, lung sounds, and whatever body sounds you want to listen to. So you can go to echohealth.com and use the promo code GNBN to get 10% off your order. And that's Echo is spelled E-K-O, by the way. So it's echohealth.com and use the GNBN promo code to get 10% off your order. Did you know that you don't have to go all across the country to be a travel nurse? You certainly can, but you don't have to. I literally took an assignment that's an hour and a half away from my house, and I love it. I can stay in a hotel room if I want, or I can drive back home. So it's the best of both worlds for me. For my next assignment, we're going to get a cabin in the mountains that's about two hours from our house, so it'll really be like a little getaway. Also, one of my really good friends is going with me so we can share expenses. You guys, even if you're just a little curious about travel nursing, go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile so you can see what kind of jobs are out there and what they pay. Go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile. Well, I guess that can bring us to our good nurse story, which I'm super excited about. I just discovered <laughs> some interesting things about Ben, who is your cohort, your cohorst, co cohorst, what, what we call him a cohorst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he is the worst. I, you know, as, so I, I know you want to do the good nurse on Ben. And honestly, uh, I support that. But if anybody's ever listened to our show, there's no way I'm going to go along with that easily. So I'm probably going to say a lot of bad things about him while we're talking about how great he is because he is a great guy, <laughs> but he's just a, the worst at the same time. So that's Ben. <laughs> well, that's ben. and that's I, the conundrum guys, that's Ben. So. And this is their thing back and forth on their podcast. It's hysterical <laughs> yeah. that they're and in, not here in to reality. Himself, so it's even better. So <laughs> <laughs> he's not here to defend himself. But in reality, Tom was saying lots of amazing things about Ben and Ben. Ben, just so you know, I, we have it recorded now. Clearly, I wouldn't know all of these things about you if it hadn't been for Tom talking and saying lots of nice things. So we actually have proof, Tom, that you sometimes do say nice things about Ben. I, I sometimes say nice things about people, but then instantly regret it. And that's kind of <laughs> where I'm at right now. So, but no, Ben is my co-host on Just Some Podcast for Advanced Nurse Practitioners. And while that is the name and that is our main goal, I would like to point out to anybody listening, if you're interested, we do shoot to just kind of do education for everybody now. I mean, we do have specific episodes for providers to learn about taking care of patients, but also we have a lot of non-healthcare related listeners that actually reach out to us more than the healthcare related listeners. So we do a lot of just overall general knowledge and we do just some fun episodes. We do stuff that's not educational. Like we review movies and stuff like that. And Ben is just really instrumental in every aspect. Like all I do is really talk everything else. Ben is the man that also makes me not like him because then he reminds me of things I need to do to help out and I want to be lazy. So, I mean, it's, it is a double-edged sword being with a great co-host, but well, let, let's just start at the beginning. So first of all, great guy. He does a lot of stuff within the field. He was the Kansas Nurse Practitioner of the Year for 2021 from the AANP. So just to set the bar high, like that's the type of guy we're talking about. Like he didn't get that just because he's a great nurse practitioner, but he does a lot for us as nurses in our field. Like he's a huge advocate at his state level. And that's something you and I talked about, Tina, and I think you should talk about it now is 
the importance of advocating for nurses to do. Like it, it, you should get involved. If you're a nurse and you're listening to this or you're in healthcare and you're listening to this, you have got to get involved in what we're doing as a profession. Well, one of the things that I've been kind of harping on lately and trying to bring into the spotlight lately on during the good nurse portion of the show is nurse leadership is, you know, advocacy is stepping out and, and being involved in trying to, to make change, you know, for good in the nursing profession. And one of the, the things that you can do is to run for public office and get involved, get involved in that, that way. And I've been highlighting recently some nurses who have done that. And some of our next few episodes are going to feature some Congresswomen who are also nurses. And so it was interesting when you told me that Ben has yeah. been involved in that, that sort of thing. And that's not the only thing, but that's certainly uh, <laughs> one part of it. But I was like, well, he's just perfect then for us to feature. <laughs> yeah. So, and that, and that's how this came up. We were talking about the initial good nurse. And then I was like, well, Ben does, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he he's an excellent A and or NP, you know, he was recognized by ANP. He does a lot of stuff at the state and local level to advocate for nurses. If you're a nursing student or a recent nurse graduate, he was involved in the development of NCLEX questions. So you can hate him for that just as much as everybody else, because nobody likes the NCLEX questions. So he was, you know, part of that, you know, he got his doctorate, he on, on a unprofessional level, and I, that sounds bad. On a non-professional level, let's put it that way. You know, he runs a local Toys for Tot program. Toys for Tots, goodness sakes, if I could talk. You know, and honestly, he is just genuinely. We read stories. I've done the show a couple of times with you now, and we read stories, but I they sound like great people, but I don't know them. But I know Ben. He was the best man in my wedding. Like I know Ben. I was in his wedding, and I can't tell you enough about how genuinely what a great person he is both with a stethoscope on and with it off you know he he is just flat one of the best people in the world and i'm glad we are recognizing him even though it didn't turn out that way you know we didn't intentionally <laughs> make this about ben but i can't think of a nurse practitioner i know that deserves more credit than ben and I'm glad we're talking about him, even though he is wasting an entire week in Australia reintroducing long bearded jacks. But can you waste if you're going to Australia? Is that really a week wasted? <laughs> yeah. Look, I want to go to Australia, but yes, because <laughs> do you know what a funnel web spider is? Because they have them there. Ew. You know what a box jellyfish is? They have them. The eastern brown snake. They have them there. Those are all bad things, Tina. Those are <laughs> terrible things. And yeah, no, as much as I would love to be in Australia, though I don't want to be on a 21-hour flight. No, those are terrible things. Then <laughs> who who it's the most poisonous of everything. Like the most poisonous spider, Australia. Most poisonous steak, Australia. Oh, wow. Most poisonous animal on earth, Australia. Oh. So yeah, no. Yeah. And I have a lot of listeners. For some reason, we are popular. Our podcast in Australia. Couldn't tell you why. Don't have a clue. Yeah, we are too. We have a lot of, of listeners. I love, yeah. but which I love Australia. I love the accent. It's like one of the best accents. I love to hear people from it Australia what, talk. And and I love, I've met several Aussies and Kiwis, which is the New Zealanders. You know, I've met a lot of those guys in my life and gals. Not only do I love the accent, which is fantastic, though, I will give you a secret. A lot of Australian guys I know are like, we're really yellow. They keep calling me Yanks. Yeah, that's what they call us down there, apparently. And they're like, we're jealous of Yanks 
men on men because Australian chicks love our accents. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And I was like, do they? That doesn't make any sense, but thank you. That's what I said to him a lot. But uh, I also like their outlook on life. It's a very just down to earth culture. And I'm not, I've never lived there. I can't say I know everything. I'm just saying when you talk to them and if they see something bad, they're like, that's bad. Well, do we need to talk about it? They're like, no, it's bad. We all know it's bad. Like just, you know, just move on. Like, why are you still talking about it? Get a beer, move on with your life. And I'm like, man, I wish we could do that more in America, but we don't. Somehow we turned this into a story in Australia. Thanks, Ben. But, uh, <laughs> Ben's not even really in Australia. (laughs) Yeah, Ben Ben is in no way in Australia. As a matter of fact, just going more to how great a guy is, he's spending a weekend with his family and he wasn't able to come to a podcast. What a jerk. So that's that's just how I want to just leave everybody with that bad taste in your mouth. Ben is a terrible person. Um, As a matter of fact, when you go to just on podcasts, if you ever see a picture of us, I want you to put an X over his face and just focus on me. That's what I would like if we could ever do that. But uh, but if you do want to meet him, Miss Tina, they could if they come down to Nurses PodCon in Nashville on November 20th, that's what they could do. If they wanted to meet the yak herder himself, they could come down and or virtually they could come see us or they could go to any of our social media. But I'll be real honest. I don't know what any of it is. So again, that's what Ben does. I know so, he does so much. Well, and so, and uh, also he did. Didn't you say that he was featured as the nurse practitioner of the year? And this, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said yeah. So he was. He's recognized as the nurse practitioner of the year for the state of Kansas by the AAMP for 2021. It's kind of a big. Deal. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. They kind of they said some stuff about it, and we were all excited. We were going to go actually present at one of the, the national conferences. We're going to do all stuff. But then, of course, and he won that award. So we're, we're like, man, we're going to have an awesome time at this A&P conference, but COVID. Yeah. So, you know, we, yeah, stinking COVID. But, you know, uh, he he does a lot of stuff. He's a great guy. I can't say enough about him. As a matter of fact, I've probably said too much. I don't want to talk about him anymore. <laughs> if I say too much more, it'll just, it'll throw the balance off. I, I mean, Clearly, I'm the lesser of the two co-hosts. I don't want it to go too far down, though. It creates a disparity. So that's where we're at. He's an okay guy. Really okay. Super okay. But okay. That's that's how I would describe Ben. I think he sounds like an amazing person. And you and you sold me on it. Just like, by, you, wouldn't, you didn't even mean to. You, I don't even think you realized what you were saying. You were just like, yeah, Ben uh, has done this and that and this and that. And I was just like, are you, you sound like you're, we're doing a good nurse story here. This is exactly the kind of thing. I love to feature people like this because we're nurses, but we can be so much more, and, you know? And like you said before, he is, he is in office, you know, he, at the local level, I mean, I won't get every detail of his life, but you know, he does work with local government. He's an advocate for nurses, for public safety and health. You know, I mean, when you talk about stuff, there he is. So that's as much as credit I'm going to give him though, because <laughs> realistically, the rest of it's all me. But other than that, Ben does some stuff. So I don't want to give him too much credit. I can't. My conscience won't let me. I can't say any more good things about him. I know we're going to miss Ben because I'm about to ask you to tell everybody where they can find your podcast. And so this is always a problem. Ben usually just like just spits it all out so eloquently. (laughs) Yeah. And people a lot of times on our show think it's like a pre-recorded like clip. We just edit in. No, he does it live every time. So I'm going to do it. Well, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to say some things. Basically, if you go to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, 
I don't know, if you go to Google and you put in just some podcast and you see this, like the image of like the two silhouettes of guys talking over a microphone, that's us. There are ways to get a hold of me. I don't know what it is. Just message us on something and then uh, we'll answer it. And then, yeah, that's what we do. So Ben does that a lot better. I just, that's the short did you, version. Tom, Google. did you just hit record and just, or hit play and just play a, a recording? Because that was amazing. You had it so worded so perfectly. I'm pretty sure you must have practiced for days and days. Literally, I choked <laughs> when you just said that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no, I have been psyching myself up for a total of all 45 seconds right before I did that. I was just in the zone. So, yeah, I channeled my inner Ben. And I just, I just let it flow. So yeah, just some podcast, listen to us or don't, I don't know. But if you want to, we'd really appreciate it. Ben would want me to say that. So I am the aggressive one on the podcast. Like when people don't listen to us, I'm like, well, then don't listen to us. We don't care. And he's like, no, don't say that. So, <laughs> it's so like the I'm good like, cop, bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Except for, yeah. That's mm, another podcast yeah. though. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a whole different podcast. That's, there probably is literally a podcast with that name. Don't look that one up. Look up Good Nurse, Bad Nurse, or look up Just Some Podcast. There you go. That's what you should look up. And I guess the end of the Good Nurse, he is a great guy. It's an honor to get to work with him. I couldn't imagine doing the podcast with anybody else. And he is certainly deserving of every accolade he gets. So I still hope he stubs his toe, though, at least once today. So there you go. I Like I, like I said, I like karma to be even. And so I need it. Like, I don't want him to, like, get hurt bad but i want it to be uncomfortable for a little while so there you go <laughs> well you guys know that you can find me at tina at goodnursebadnurse.com or you can email me at tina at goodnursebadnurse.com i always screw this part up no i always do that i never say it right <laughs> <laughs> say the wrong thing but oh we're on goodness. social media and you can google us and all that like literally everything you said is exactly how i do it every single week <laughs> I think, yeah, I was like, I, I don't know. Like he rattles it up. He's like, and type this into your search bar or wherever. <laughs> I don't know. He says stuff like that. I'm like, wow, that sounds really impressive. As I'm drinking Pepsi, I'm like, cool. I'll write that down someday. I don't know. But yeah. So if you Google us, Google's pretty good. You know, <laughs> like you've heard of that people. It so always works. If you Google good nurse. Yeah, you, you can yeah, definitely put it find Well, yeah. the thing is, you're yeah. listening to it now. So if you're listening to <laughs> yeah. it now, if, you, if you're listening to it now, <laughs> how did you not find me? I, at this point, I'd be insulted and think you purposely are avoiding me. So there you go. That's you're how trying, I'll take trying it to a, find where I can maybe <laughs> yes. avoid finding you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Too bad because like, we're everywhere. We're everywhere yes. you listen to podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately for you, we have found a way to get everywhere, except for the space station. I'm still working on that. But we did hit Antarctica, so we'll, we're going to keep that one. But yeah, maybe you can help me with that, Miss Tina, someday. You can help me and Ben. You're going to help us find a way to get onto the International Space Station. Yeah. I just want one astronaut to listen to us so we can claim it. Well, that's a goal. It is a goal. <laughs> we had a goal for Antarctica. We got a listener down in Antarctica. So now we're focused on... So that way, we, we like to brag at just some podcast. So we're now we're like, we own the world because we're on all seven continents. We're, and we, now we're we like, rule the world. Yes, like we, we are everywhere. And so now I want to be on the space station so we can be like, we own at least this part of the galaxy. Yeah. Like, oh, we want it. We want that. And you heard how great Ben was, people. So help us out. Like somebody listening to this knows somebody at NASA. Let's go. So let's make this happen. Thank you so much for coming on for another episode. I appreciate you doing this for me. 
And you guys, we will, I guess, see you next time. And I want to remind you, of course, even if you're a bad girl or a bad boy, be a good nurse, please, and a good neighbor. <laughs>